And that does fit well with our theme. It was God's time when he decided to create this world. He is eternal. And at one time he decided, now it's time to create the world. And we have Genesis chapter 1. Now I don't have the fancy little iPad or whatever it's called that Pastor Caleb does. But then you don't have to put up with his terrible handwriting either. So, <laughs> However... I might have to pay for that one. I don't know if he pays it. On the other hand, what's that? This is being recorded. This is being recorded. And if he's not preaching right now, he's probably watching it. But I think he's preaching, so I'm, I'm safe on that one. But he'll watch it later. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, if you need more sheets, they are up here. You can just walk right up here and get some if you don't have a sheet and you need one. There's some more around. We're in verses 20 through the end of the chapter. As we remember, though, from the very beginning, yeah, right over there. From the very beginning, we do have the account of creation. On day one, Actually, in the beginning, we have the first three days of, of creation. We have what we call acts of division. Does that make sense to you? What was God doing at this time? First, he divided the light from darkness on day one. If you have binoculars, maybe that's big enough to read. But hey, there's sometimes it's smaller when we do here other times. So uh, just to help you follow along a little bit, first, day one was dividing the light from the darkness. Day two, the waters above the firmament from the waters below. Another division that happened. And with that, we call that the atmosphere and the hydrosphere. I put those words up there for you scientifically minded people to remember your high school days of science class atmosphere and hydrosphere and you can figure those out pretty quickly we'll come back to those words day three we have the dry land divided from the lower waters so now we have the waters that were down there we're forming seas and land and on that same day, we have the grasses and the bushes and the trees that are coming forth from the ground. And this is actually now what we get into, we call the lithosphere and the biosphere. Now, don't worry if these words mean nothing to you, because I actually had to cheat and look them up to get a real good definition of them. Well, I mean, everyone knows what atmosphere is. Hydrosphere, you can figure out something to do with water the lithosphere, and then the biosphere. We're going to come back to these words in a minute. Day four, we had the lights in the heavens, the sun, moon, and stars, and then therefore we had the earth rotation starting, and the days, the seasons, and the years. Uh, remember what was we talked about, rotate around the sun, and that happens. And now we're going to get to day five. Day five is going to be the animals for the atmosphere and hydrosphere. Now jump back up there. Where were they? On day two, God 
created the atmosphere and the hydrosphere. And on day five, we're going to see the animals that are in the atmosphere and those in the hydrosphere. Follow along in your verses and you can get them real quickly. But we're going to cover that tonight. And then we come to day six and we're going to also be on uh, day six with the animals for the lithosphere and the biosphere. Now I have a chart that probably you can't read hardly anything on there. Oh, it's not so bad. This is, tells a little bit about the biosphere and the lithosphere. Atmosphere, that's where the birds fly. The hydrosphere, that's where the fish swim. Now we have the lithosphere is actually the crust of the, uh, of the earth and, and down, I don't know how many feet, uh, the, using the first part of, of the earth. Plants come out of there. Uh, animals actually go back into the earth after they die. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about how those are related. So the lithosphere, the biosphere, is actually those that are walking or running or whatever the animals do on top of that crust of the earth. So they're not flying up in the atmosphere like the birds, but those that are living down here, on that's called the biosphere. Why is all this important? The lithosphere, uh, you see the definition, the biosphere is a part of the earth and atmosphere that support the living organisms. Lithosphere is the crust and the part of the uppermost mantle of the earth or the solid shell of the earth's surface. The components, all living things, including plants and animals in the biosphere. The lithosphere, hard, solid, upper portion of the mantle and crust. It, the biosphere has living, and the lithosphere would be the non-living. The boundaries for the biosphere stretches from 3 meters below ground to 30 meters above it because there are some animals that burrow down into the ground and they are still in the biosphere. And uh, for the lithosphere, from the atmosphere above and the athensophere below. Okay, that one got me. The types, there's animals, bacteria, plants, fungi, single cells, organisms, and in the lithosphere, oceanic lithosphere and continental lithosphere. Interaction. Components of the biosphere live on the lithosphere and obtain nutrients from it. That one is important. And the lithosphere depends on the decaying matter of biosphere for its renewal. You need to put some things back into the ground every once in a while. Uh, we were just talking, uh, talking to Jonathan tonight at supper, how he used to work in landscaping years and years ago, right? And... Uh, you know, knows all, all those things about fertilizer and all those things. When you get to Florida, you've got a lot to learn about fertilizer, don't you? <laughs> There's nothing in this ground. You've got you've to keep putting into it, and maybe Justin can give us a lesson on it sometime. Something like that. But all of those things, God made it actually to renew itself in the lithosphere when things go back into the ground. Now, verse 20. God said. Have we heard that before? We sure have. 
about every time something new comes up, God said, and then it happened. So there's nothing new with that phrase. But he said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. I like those words that the the ESV has chosen here, swarm with swarms. (laughs) That's a lot of activity going on in the water. So God said, let that happen. With swarms, and we want to notice a particular word here, living creatures. Now this is new. Something new here is that we have living creatures which is the word nefesh in in Hebrew, which means a breathing creature. Before this day, we did not have breathing creatures. We had plants, we had trees, we had bushes. They are alive, unless they get into someone's house that they can't keep a plant alive. Got something like that. They're living, but they're different than what we have now starting on day five. Breathing creatures, swarms of breathing creatures, living creatures. I wonder how many different creatures there are in the sea. Uh, I mean, when you, when you visit places where... Uh, where you get to see all the animals that are down under the sea and you think, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. Wow. Even go to someone's house that has a big fish tank and they've got all these different kind of fish and I've never seen one like that. Uh, Amazing. The creation on this day. Swarms of, uh, what is it? Uh, The waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. And it goes on, and uh, the next one is, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. The birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. That's kind of an introduction to the next verses that come. Uh, So he said, let the waters swarm, let the birds fly. In verse 21, So God created. Where did we last see that God created something? Anyone have their Bible open instead of just the verses you have on the page here? Steve. Verse 1. We're on verse 21 now, but we have to go all the way back to verse 1 to see the word created. I found that interesting. He's made all these other things, and we have the atmosphere and the hydrosphere and all of these things that have already happened in preparation, and now God uses this word again. He created, God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that that moves. Why, why now would he introduce the word created again. What do you think? All the other places God said, he spoke. He did. And they were there. God spoke and they were there. 
Now he's creating something. Okay, and how did he make those creatures? And they, they have living, life-breathing animals now. So we're into like a new paragraph of the story or a new chapter. We have all these things that have happened. Now I'm going to do something different. So he starts out by saying that God created these things. And he's going to go for a little ways before we see that he created something uh, in, in, uh, later on. But it's important to notice when he uses this word that God created. Now we have a new thing happening. God created completely different than land, sea, sun, plants, and trees. Animals, sea monsters, birds. You know, they can actually have, this is not any surprise to some of you, they can actually have personalities. Have you ever been to someone's house that has a fish tank and they say, that fish has a certain personality? I find that kind of strange because they just swim around there. I can't tell a personality. How about dolphins? Can they have a personality? Oh, just go to SeaWorld and find out. Yeah. They'll, they'll like to splash you. Can a dog have personality? Ah. Just go visit Maryland sometime and see what <laughs> Ruby does. Cats? Do cats have a personality? Oh, yeah. Stephanie? They've got a, yeah. Birds? Yeah. Especially if you get a pet bird and they start talking back to you or talking. You know, they're different than the flowers and trees. You can talk to your flowers. They're not going to talk back to you. <laughs> and even the animals won't talk back to you except mimic a bird can. Uh, and I'm sure that some of our huskies would actually talk to us as they were howling or whatever they were doing, but in their way. But we have something completely different. So God created something new and different here starting on this day. God created. Verse 22, something else here was new. Uh, let's continue reading. The verses 21 says, So God created the great sea creatures, every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Ah... Uh, this phrase here is another new phrase that we didn't have before. Be fruitful and multiply. And the birds were to multiply on the earth. Different from plants. Different from trees. They had their seed in the fruit. They had ways that God made to actually reproduce those plants and trees so that they could be over all the earth. But now he says, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. We actually have a command here. This is a new command to fill with the plants. God made them with the ability to reproduce. The seeds were inside. It would be a natural process. The animals reproduce differently than plants, if you didn't know that. 
Well, now you do. Therefore, it's a different command. Fill. So the plants and the animals were just kind of, they, they were going to happen. You know, in Brazil, a lot of times they say, and maybe the Amazon region of Brazil is more like it was at the time of creation <laughs> because it rains every day and then the sun comes out every day and then more rain and more sun and rain and what do you have? Lots of humidity. And now you hear on the news, they're cutting down all the forest in the Amazon. It's going to destroy our world. Have you heard that? It's not true, folks. We've been there. You know what happens after you cut down uh, an acre of area in the Amazon? By the next day, it's growing back. <laughs> By the next week, it is growing back. Now, there might be areas where they're cutting big trees and they want to farm the land. Well, hey, my dad did that too. He cut down a grove so he could have more farmland. But uh, they complain a lot about things. And sometimes we just accept it as true because we heard it on television. Uh, You've kind of gotten used to not believing what's on television now, haven't you? But that area where you have so much sun and rain and humidity in the Amazon of Brazil, which is only part of Brazil, part of it is desert, part of it is mountainous, there are different parts of Brazil, but in the Amazon region, really a good example, I think, where you can just see things grow and grow. Naturally, they're just, they just keep reproducing themselves. But animals... They needed the command to be fruitful and multiply the birds as well, multiplying on the earth. Paul, yes. I've had people ask me, these animals, like you said, they show joy, they all these different things. I've had people ask me, do your animals have a soul and a spirit? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> and I think that fits in perfectly to the lesson next week <laughs> no no two weeks from now when Pastor Caleb will be back <laughs> they have whatever of the terminology you want to use some use it as a soul Interchangeable, maybe they say it's a, they don't have a soul and a spirit like man does because we'll see when we get there that there's a different spirituality level with, with, with man. And we're going to get there even tonight. So it, they cannot have the very same thing that man has. But they are living creatures. So whatever you want to... Breathing, living, breathing creatures. So whatever, whatever you want to call that breathing part of them, if you want to call it soul or spirit, I'll let you call it that. But uh, th uh, theologically, no. We're with Justin and then Rebecca. So the way that I've always uh, described it, because we do have the animals that have emotion, we do have animals that show joy or excitement. But what differs them from any other thing on the earth, or what differs us from any other thing on the earth, is they do exactly what they're created to do in their kind. And that's what's in the verse here, is they create in their kind. Um, and so they, they have boundaries that don't 
go with our terminology of soul or spirit. But there is a, there is emotion. They do feel emotion of excitement and sorrow. I mean, they, we see this in the animal kingdom, um, but just not a soul that can be saved, and they don't have free will to operate outside of what they were created for. It's really beautiful to watch deer do exactly what deer do. They do it every day. That's their deer. Bees do exactly what bees do every day. Um, we're the only thing on the planet that doesn't do exactly what we're created to do. It's just a glorified God. And so that's what part of what differentiates us is also what is a part of the curse. Okay. Good. We're back. But, but, but God clearly commanded the animals to do something, and they obviously obeyed because they, they were fruitful. God did command them to do it, and they, as Justin said, in, in their kind, they are doing it just as God. They don't choose. You know, and, and the deer don't go and find the raccoons to multiply with. Yeah. I think one doesn't have any reason either. And reason. You know, reason. Like human being reason. Correct. And also, we create God's image. God never create animal as on his own image. Yes, there is a there is a big difference, of course, and we're going to see that as well. Yes, Bob. Yeah, I, I think if you if you kind of boil it down, it's the ability to reason that distinguishes man from the animal. What's his? Yes. So, so it's a it's a matter of animals do it because of rote memory, experience, repeat, 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 but they can't reason and. And God said, come let us reason together, which he only addressed humans in that. Okay, very good. Now to fill the earth, a similar command was given later on in Genesis after the flood. We're not going to go there tonight, but you remember that they were to do that same thing. Verse 23, and there was evening and there was morning. The fifth day. Verse 24, we get into day six. There's verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind and God saw it was good. So we have again the living creatures. Bringing forth living creatures, there we have that same word again, a breathing creature. Notice that it's, and God said. He didn't start out and God created. He already started out creating breathing creatures and now he's moving on another creature and we're even going to see in this verse i'm sure you heard the word coming up over and over again as we read the verses according to their kinds we find it four times right there in these two verses the kind that is very important so we have Domestic and wild animals. Uh, oh, I did want to mention that. Kinds, 
And we've already talked about this with the plant life and everything else in the first verses. Pastor Caleb mentioned that. It's something that God established at creation. So it was already established from the beginning of the world, the different kinds and scientists. Scientists can discover the kinds, but they can never cross over to another kind. Kind has to stay with can. A dog will always be a dog and not be a cat. And you're not going to get kind of a dog cat. That doesn't work. Whatever crossing is done, it's within their kind. And this is something that God established at creation. You know, just some of these thoughts... You don't need to discuss evolution very long at all with anyone and finding out, no, God already established it this way. There's not going to be any other development from a plant life to a little thing that crawls along to a monkey than to a man. He established the kinds right there in creation. Oh, of course, yeah. And pastors already preached on those as, as well, and we'll get to those. Yeah. Okay, so I see that he created fish and birds, but in 24 it says, the earth brings forth. Oh, we're getting there. Don't get ahead of me. <laughs> She's good at that. I'm sorry, I had to say that. Okay, that's different. We are going to get there. So we have the livestock, we have the creeping things, we have the beasts of the, of the earth. So we already have uh, our domestic animals and we have our wild animals and those that are kind of in between there. Interesting that he mentions them in the verses here about creation, that already there's going to be the wild beasts, uh, the land animals were said to be brought forth in here, we're getting there, from the earth or from the ground. That is, their bodies were composed of the same elements as the earth. And when they died, they would go back to the earth. Now, in verse 25, where we have here that uh, God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, uh, everything that creeps on the ground, that's not the verse I'm looking for. What verse were you in, Susan? 24. 24. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And, so, and it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Uh, the beasts of the earth. Let's skip over to Genesis 2, verse 19. Can someone with a good loud voice read that for us? Yes, good and loud. So it gets on. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Okay, very first part of that verse is very clear, even clearer there than it was in chapter 1. 
out, he formed it out of the ground. Some of these things we completely miss when we're reading that where, oh, day one was this, day two was this, day three was this, day four was this. We can name off all the days and what was created. Hey, the animals, it's not only man that came from the dust of the earth. We all know that. Also, the animals. In chapter 2, it's really clear. Came from that same stuff that is in the earth. The same scientific elements that are there, God used to make animals. So for them to go back into the earth later on, it's the most natural place for them to be. And actually, even their wastes and everything else that would hair that they would shed or anything else going back into the earth, it's going to be used to replenish the things in the earth, the elements that were already there. I just find that really, really interesting, how that from the earth these animals were formed. Made of the earth, living creatures. <clears throat> so how were the animals different from the plant life? They're breathing. Nefesh is the word. Now verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So the world now was fully prepared for man to enter. Think about everything that was necessary. Or let's ask this question. Why didn't God just say on day one, world, be created, and everything's there, including man? He, he could have, right? Why do you suppose he didn't? God of order. Did, did you notice already the order when we were talking about the atmosphere and the biosphere? That was the first animals that he created. And then when it was the lithosphere and the biosphere, that, that was the next animals. He's just all the time showing that there's an order to be followed. And it was necessary to have the land and the water divided, then for the grass and the trees, the bushes to be there before the animals could come in? Or what would they eat? Uh, where would the birds make their nest? <laughs> All those things were important in the order of how things were created. So even though God could have said, hey, let's not take this whole week. Let's just get it done right now. He could have. But he had a purpose to show us. You know what else he had to show us? I, this one you all know, but maybe just not thinking on the same wavelength where I am right now. He wanted to show us that there was a six-day week to follow and then rest on the seventh day. So there were things to do each day, and then there's going to be rest. That's another thing. In the future, we'll, the future verses we will see. 
So the reasons for taking those six days were first to stress the orderly and logical relationships between the different components of creation. And second, to provide that pattern for man's six-day work week. Day seven, of course, is going to be rest and fellowship with God. So verse 21, God created. That was the first time that he used that word since verse 1. Verse 25, God made more living animals. He formed them from the ground this time. Verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So this is getting to be a more personal relationship, more intimate. Before, the verse said, let there be light. You know what the verse really says? Light. We have to put it in more words to understand how... It, I, I like it in Portuguese. Aja luz. Some of you know Spanish, and maybe that carries over. It's there. Light. That's what, how God said. Let the lamb bring forth grass. Now this time, God is talking and saying... Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who was God talking to? Was he talking to himself? There we go. We have the Trinity here. We have the majestic God, but we also have the Trinity very clear here. And our image after our likeness, it was going to be a spiritual conformity to God. So this is different from all other kinds. Just an observation. Everywhere else, prior to verse 26, the, it's only God is all just God, God, God. But the only place where he says, let us, is verse 26. Okay, in the Hebrew in verse 1, we already had it, and Pastor Caleb talked about that in verse 1. God, Elohim, created the earth, and we have already there. But you are right. Uh, now he is showing there's a little bit more complex, intimate, spiritual relationship we're going to have with man. It's including the whole Godhead here. It's a good observation there. Let us make man in our image. Uh, a, a spiritual conformity to God that we'll have. That was a question that I already asked, that I put up there, is talking to himself. Genesis 1.1, we find out, no, he's already been doing that. So man was made similar to animals. How? Breathing. Okay, living. How else? From the ground. From the elements of the ground he was made. Yet made higher than animals, and we know that, and we will uh, get to those verses as well. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he'll discuss it more in chapter 2. God blessed them. 
And after he blessed them, he gave them a command. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill. Then subdue it, have dominion over it. So God created man and woman, pronounced a blessing on them, and then gave them basic instructions. Here's what you need to do. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue. Uh, as you look around, sometimes we don't do a real good job of subduing the, the, the plant life, do we? <laughs> Got some more weeds to take out. Some of those weeds came after the fall, all right? But they were still supposed to be taking care of it, tending the garden. Uh, those of you that are really into gardening, you know you can't just plant the things and just let it go. You, a lot of things you can do with it, and, and it's not that you're necessarily weed. might be pruning and other things that God uses that, that uh, picture other places in the, in the scriptures. Have dominion. Do we have dominion over everything? Not anymore? Is that what I hear? What is something a man doesn't have dominion over? Weather. There we go. You, you just like to blow a little bit more when a hurricane is coming in, you know, just out that way. Spiders, of course. My wife is going to say we don't have control over the spiders. It says dominion over the animals. It doesn't say the planet itself. However, um, let, let, let's come back to that comment there. That is true in that verse right there. Psalm 8. We actually read it last week. And we sang about it tonight in our Song of the Month. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and, babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth." So, is this true? I'm, I'm not asking if Scripture is true. Is it true that we have dominion over all these things? Well, here it specifically talks about animals, beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, fish of the sea. Whatever passes in your path of the sea. Justin. So are we saying dominion is command over or are we saying responsibility over? That's a very good question. And I'm not sure I have the answer. Yes, man, for that. To grow. 
Pardon me? We don't command the trees to grow. We don't command flowers to open. And yet, without our care, they don't bloom. Without our care, they don't replicate. Okay, so dominion is responsibility? That's how I would answer that. So if we have a responsibility, we have a responsibility for them all. My, minus the weather. Yeah, that's the God's name. Okay, my question will be the same. Have we arrived at that point? No. No. Were we at that point? That's Were we at that point? That's the question well, here. Were we there here? Were we there here? That's the question. Defining it as responsible over it. Even that, we have not arrived. In fact, we've gone downhill many times. And even though we want to talk about, oh, take care of the earth and the planet and everything else, it's not happening. Of course, sin nature has come in as well. And that will make it even worse. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. Hebrews 2.8. Can someone read that? God has put all things in subjection under his feet, or in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. And so the author of Hebrews saying it really didn't didn't happen like it was supposed to. Pardon me? Supposed to. Well, it didn't happen as it was originally designed to do. Yes. I think we need to remember that that creation is different than what happened after the fall. And what happened after the fall is different than what we have now after the flood. Sure. So we can't take today and make a one-on-one comparison to what was that creation because there have been significant changes because of sin in the world. Exactly. Because of the flood. Exactly where, where the things we need to see that things started in such a perfect way and then sin came in and then sin got so bad that the world was destroyed with the flood. And now we have the fossils and we have all those other things that are, that are in the earth that will come later in Genesis. So verse, the last verses of the chapter here, verse 29, after the instructions God told him of the provision for most essential need, and that is food. When he's getting to the uh, end of our chapter here. And actually, the end of the chapter, and I think Pastor Caleb will, a couple of weeks when we're back on this on Wednesday night, uh, I have left four verses of chapter 2, which are really connected to chapter 1. Those chapter divisions just get in the way sometimes. But I'll let him pick up on those and finish out this as well. After the instructions, and we have what the provision is. Verse 29 Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. The beasts, the same thing. 
So, sorry meat lovers, that wasn't how it was in the Garden of Eden at that time. After the flood, it was different. There's another thing that was different after the flood uh, for uh, then animals to be our meat as well. Man had to work and would have to, would need that renewable energy. As he tended the garden, and as the plants, like Justin said, they're just not, they're not going to flower so well and, and produce so well if we're not taking care of them. So that was a work. It was a work that he didn't sweat. It, he, he, it wasn't that work that think, oh, I've got to go out and mow the lawn or whatever it is. Because it was work that he could have a great pleasure in as well at that time. So the renewable energy was the fruits and the herbs which God had already made them to replenish themselves. And then things would continue. Verse 31, getting to the end here, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. What is different? It was very good. Every other time you'll notice that it was good. This time, it was very good. The conclusion of the six days is now here. Something else interesting that the Hebrew scholars tell us, which I am not one of, but I can tell you what they tell us. The sixth day. Remember what Pastor had already told us about the other days of the week? Here we have the definite article, the sixth day. Every other one, it is a, or it is one day, a second day, a third day, a fourth day. The NASB has it really clear in all of this. That follows a little bit closer to that. But now we have here the sixth day. I just find that interesting that now this is it. We're to the end. We know day seven is still coming for his rest and uh, finish out the week, but this is the last of the creation. This is a conclusion of it. This slide here just reminds us how things started out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All that big mass that was all around there, then he started bringing it in. And we have one day, we have a second day, a third day, Fourth day, we're focused on the earth, not on, this, on the planets and the rest of the universe. We're coming down to the earth where God made the animals out of the, out of the elements of the earth that he had already created. He used those same elements to make the animals. And now it's the sixth day, the end of it. He's making man out of the dust of the earth the whole crown and glory of the whole first six days of the universe, the creation of man. Which will continue into chapter 2 in a couple of weeks. Any other questions or comments? Steve? I guess what I recall about, so now, but why did he wait until after the creation and then after he rested? Well, actually, in, he, create, he did create the, the woman on the sixth day. And chapter 2, it will all fit in. We're just...
So I don't want to get too far into weeds, but verse 26 says, let, when God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We've talked about that being a reference possibly the Trinity. And then said, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Who is them? Man, which would be both uh, man and woman. But as a period. Which he... Chapter 2 is an expanse of what happened. Right, he's just talking about chapter, uh, verse 26, yes. He, he's giving something that it hasn't actually been formed yet. Yeah, I think that's a translation problem as well in our language now, where he says, let's make mankind, not, not Adam. Let's, we will make mankind, and they will have to be. Okay. But he started with Adam and Eve, but it, is, it was a matter of, I think, a wrong interpretation of us trying to make a good English sentence Okay, but when we get down to man, we're not just talking about Adam here. It is Adam and Eve, all mankind, but that's a chronicle. Yeah, what did that chart you have up here? I don't know, maybe I missed something. I didn't mention, but he said, you know, about eight days, second day, third day, the sixth day. King James has love for all. It does. Okay. Yeah. I thought I missed something there. Yeah, King James has the on all of them. And. The other translations, we'll talk about a day. Uh, right, right. If you look in the NASB translation, you'll see that there's a day, a second day, a third day. So when, um, on the topic of dominion, when it says let them have dominion, um, I feel like we'd be a lot more confused if it said let them have dominion. <coughs> Are you in chapter two? I won't even answer your question. Any other thoughts on chapter one? No, listen, that is great. You're thinking, you're getting in, digging in and wanting to know and stay tuned because I know that will be covered. Okay? If not, you ask that question again. And now when Pastor Caleb listens to this, he'll know all of the answers that he needs to come up with before he can. I'm really helping him out more than he even realized. Let's finish with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for just the simple things that we've discovered in the word tonight and how that you are a God of order, as we always knew, but just the minute details 
in creating this earth. Help us to glorify you as that is our purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.